Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 Marvel Image. We create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody. Hello. And welcome to another edition of the Geek Chat. Miniseries number three. Yep. This is a number three in a six-issue uh, miniseries, which is our summer series, which will be taking place of our Monday live shows. Right. We, yep. We will be returning on... August 8th. So uh, please stay tuned and let us know what you're thinking about, uh, what you think about this summer series that we're doing. Uh, we need to just, just to take a quick little break to, to redefine and tweak some things. Uh, we have a new website. Please go check it out. It's a little bit of a skeleton right now, but we're slowly but surely adding more meat to it. So uh, please check that out. You well, know, where do they go? Uh, they can go to thegeekchat.com. There you go. Okay. And uh, that's where we're posting all of our stuff. All of our new shows and these shows, and when we start doing our videos, they will be posted on there as well. So please stay tuned uh, for more geeky goodness. But uh, for this show, we're going to review a couple of new comic books that came out this past week. All five are number ones. All five are number ones. So uh, so yeah, uh, without further ado, let's get to it. Rich. All right. The first book we are reviewing is DC's Hanna-Barbera. The Flintstones, number one. And this is the uh, the last of the DC uh, Hanna-Barbera books to have been produced under this new, I guess, collaboration. Yeah, uh, yeah the first one was Future Quest, which was amazing. Which we should have reviewed the number two this we week because really it was so good. Yeah, if really you're not should've. reading it, go pick it up. It's really good. Um, the second one was Scooby-Doo, and Scooby-Doo is definitely hit or miss. Uh, Rich and I had our uh, difference of opinions on the first one. I enjoyed it. Uh, he did not. But the second one, I don't know. Um, I, I didn't read it. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. If th I got it, but I don't know if they're going to be able to continue with what's going on. The premise just seems really weird. And then there's uh, uh, Wacky Raceland. <laughs> Which you absolutely hated. I really detested that book. I don't know what was... I don't know what they were thinking or what was going on, but that book was not good. So now we're going to get to the Flintstones. So it's funny. Out of the four books, I really feel like Future Quest was the one that came closest to the feel of the original. So you get the original characters set all together because they've never really interacted like this before. And I felt like that was the truest to the form. Mm -hmm. Well, they interacted a little bit in the in the cartoons, but it was very, very sporadic. Yeah, not like this. Very sporadic. Now, this, yeah, the whole premise of Future Quest is that they all exist in the same world now, and they all work together. It's really interesting. Whereas Wacky Raceland, I think, was the furthest, even further than Scooby Doo. Yeah. Now, the Flintstones lie somewhere between exactly Future Future Quest and. I would say Scooby-Doo. I think it falls between those two because it doesn't push the idea. It doesn't change the ideas like Scooby did. And it doesn't totally change them like Wacky Raceland did. But it doesn't stay true like Future Quest. So I think this would be like second if you're ranking them purest or, or truest to the source material. They do some odd and, things in here. And, and readability would be a little bit, uh, yeah. And, and, and in terms of readability, I would assume. So you think who, this? You think this is more readable than Scooby Doo? Uh, yeah. 
So it would be that order still. Yeah. Um, so so who did what? Mark Russell was the writer. Steve Pugh did the interior and main cover. Chris Chuckry was the colorist. Dave Sharp was the letterer. Um, and then a whole bunch of variants going on. A whole bunch of variants. A whole bunch of variants going on. So it starts in the Museum of Natural History present day. And we see this uh, Lorenzo. He is one of the um, cavemen. And they, they show, you know, the edge of Bedrock Valley, the Stone Age civilization. I can only imagine how awful their lives must have been. That is the first page. That That is... Present day man wondering how crappy their lives are. Yep. If only they knew. So you turn the page, and then we go way back to the town of Bedrock. Two-page spread. They're really bringing the feel of present day to the past with the use of rock puns. Like there's a Starbucks, but it's called Starbrooks. Um, the tar coffee. pit, which is Target. Yeah. Homo erectus, which I think is funny. I thought it was going to be a gay bar. It's just a bar. Um, so they're really going, they're, they're showing you what the cartoon used to do with, you know, animals doing the work, but they've put a very modern, they're really trying to make it modern. They really are. And I, I guess if you had to, I mean, if the Flintstones was a pseudo critique of, I guess the fifties and the, when it came out, when it came out, you know, then this would be a critique because of really they were the honeymooners. Now. If you think about it, they were, they were, and this is a critique this really is a critique of of society now, yeah. But set in the um, in the Flintstones, and I think that's why this is a bit more intelligent than I was expecting from it. It's a little. Oh, bit more, you thought it was going to be a little more jokey. Yeah, I really did. But like Fred's talking about, or uh, sorry, um, yeah, Fred's talking about his time in the war. They have they go to a support meeting, or not a support meeting, but a, no, it, you're right. It's a meeting. Yeah, well, it's a, they, they go to like their lodge, and the lodge is for people who fought in the war. And if you remember, the old lodge used to be the big hats, and yeah, they would they had it they too. Would party and, and the grand pooba and all that stuff. I mean, so so it's all there, but it all seems so adult. Yeah, like that was one of the things about this 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 comic that was so like the art is beautiful, and I know some people had um oh my god, everyone's ripped in it. So if you're looking for a fat. Cavemen, if you're looking for a fat, overweight Fred, no, they all are working out. Slate is like ripped. Slate is like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And even, it, but it's funny because even in, even in some of the pictures with Slate, he's like he's like lifting weights and stuff. If you notice that, yeah. I, I don't. I just didn't. I didn't know how to categorize or what's going on with this because it seemed like. Like and then you have the hipsters when they go to the when so <laughs> the, so the art show yeah the the art snobs when <laughs> when when Wilma has her art in the in this the Smith the Smith Roxonian or but something real like quick that. we get backstory of her which is crazy which I enjoyed like I love the backstory of her talking about her family and talking about how she uh, the handprints yeah and the handprints was was a was a uh, basically a her way of connecting to the past because they were or before she became quote unquote civilized, they were uh, nomadic and, and they would, when they would go and then come back, there'd be ha- the pan paintings on their, on the cave walls. And when they would leave for the, for the, when they would leave for the migratory, you know, for the seasons and they would come back, they always have those handprints. So, so it, there's these little character moments that were really kind of good. And then the whole thing about them trying to, what is it? Trying to get the troglodytes or what are they like? And the, with the slave labor 
trying to get the slave labor. How they didn't want money. You know, and and how. Well, that's what ties the the opening page to the story. So the opening page and the last page, they do a really good job tying it to what it used to be like. But doesn't I have no clue if this is going to be. If each one's going to be a standalone, a standalone or, or going to be episodic, like I really don't know because they really was. It was like a slice of life for these people. Like you got to see Betty. You oh got yeah, to they, see, we got to see their shopping. I mean, it was just like they took little the greatest little things out of all the cartoons. Yeah, and and the end. What I really loved is the animals talk. The animals talk, and like they did. Yeah, like they did in the pat, and like they did in the cartoon. So that's why I don't. So I, I just don't know what to expect i mean it seemed very adult but then there was comedic moments in it like really weird stuff but for the for the over part it seemed all very it seemed all very like adult it just didn't seem like uh it was definitely not not light or lighthearted at all and slate's know. mansion is hysterical yes. i will say the the sight gags yeah. that pew puts in if every page is filled with pretty much every page is filled with something um to look at Correct. There is something that they've twisted from the modern, just like in the old cartoon. So the visual cues are there. I'm just not so sure about the story. Again, I just don't know where this fits. Is this supposed? Is this an adult tale? Is it a? Is it a? Is it not? I mean, I don't know. Just this one seems to be like a very slice of life type of situation. Set back and then. Set back in the Stone Age, which is again, all four books, different tones. Different feelings, different emotions. Because I'll tell you, you hated that one. I really did. I uh, hated Wacky Wasteland. But like, I just did not like it. But I gotta say, we're not reviewing it. But Future Quest Two, I have to say, it was a little late, but it was worth it because they did a great job. Just seeing um, Birdman's Bird, um, Falcon, Falcon, um, the dog. Just seeing them all like in the same um, panel was so cool. Yes. Okay. Hope we get Bird Boy. Bird Boy. So next up is the other DC book we'll review, be reviewing, brand new number one. Yeah, all the other DC books were like continuations, so like they're all firings, but this was the first uh, Justice League Rebirth with a fantastic cover by uh, Joe Majuria. When I have to thank my my comic book uh, dealer for, <laughs> for getting me this. Thank you so much, comic You're book welcome. Dealer. Uh, so yeah, this is the new Justice League, and it's called Fear the Reaper, and it's by Brian Hitch, and he did the writing and the artwork. Which next issue will not be him. Okay. Um, it will be its regular artist, which I just, as soon as I said it, blanked on, but I'll get it to you. Okay. The inks were by uh, Daniel Henrios uh, with Scott Hanna, and then the colors was by Alex Sinclair, letters by Richard Starkings, and Comic Craft. Comic craft, sorry. Tony S. Daniels will be the artist. Yeah, well, so the, yeah, the cover was by Tony yep. S. Daniels, and no, it'll that's, be that's the main cover, yep. and it'll be rotating with Jesus Moreno, which is weird though because they they say the variant cover was by Yannick Paquette, but there's no mention of the Joe Mad cover, which is that awesome. it was that is the variant. Okay, well, all I know is this variant is amazing. It's the big three, uh, drawn by Trinity, Joe Madura, and he looks amazing. He's never lost his touch so what did you think of this introduction to the justice league well <laughs> again again <laughs> i hate to say it rich i really hate to say it because i know you really liked that that book but finally why is it that in every other book that is dealing with superman every other writer 
is finally letting people just like they actually had Lois was talking to to the boy about him joining the super joining the the Justice League mm-hmm. and and they're having conversation about it and you're this you're this you're this planet's Superman this world Superman you have to do it you have to go and do this blah 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 so it's like whereas Dan Jurgens version of it he just was like I'm gonna do it and he's just like okay it's like there's there's been three different hey don't don't put that on me I three, just... there has been three different reactions to Superman becoming this Superman. Now, whose fault is that? Do you think that's editorial? It's editorial. It's totally editorial. It's editorial. They should have had one. They should have let one person, you know, the flagship, whatever the flagship book, or whatever the main book, which would be Superman. The main, if you think about it, Superman really? should be the I main it would book. Be, I thought it'd be Action Comics because it's the one that has the 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 longer lineage. Or... But Superman is the one dealing with the family issues. Yeah, okay, then that should have been the one. That should have been the one, and then other books follow that. Exactly, because this this having three different reactions is, number one, it's annoying to me. Number two, it makes it it, it makes Jurgens seem so bad. Yeah. Because like, Jurgens was just like, screw it, we're just going to do this. I need to get into the story. And then this one, <laughs> this one was actually a part of it. So it, it makes you feel that in, it makes you feel that Brian Hitch is the, he's the one that's going to, um, really tease out and explore uh, the leagues getting used to this new Superman. Just yeah. the way how they all talk to each other, how they all worked. And I really hope that uh, Superman does it too. So um, about this book, what's sad is Brian Hitch's Justice League of America was all canceled. All the final issues were canceled. So there's, I don't even think they're ever going to be released, to be honest. The whole thing with Rao and all that stuff is just yes. dead? So, That's so terrible. So DC canceled the... like. I think there were four issues, yes, and they canceled like, them all. There are like three or four issues left. But reading this, I feel like it's just picking up from that book. It really like is. I really do. It really is. There's a giant generic monster attacking the city, and who do we need? We need heroes yeah. to stop it, and the Justice League forms. Wonder Woman's face is melting through half the book. I think this was very rushed. Of course it was rushed because this he probably had to do so it. so rushed. He probably had to rush it because they're like, look. Whatever you're trying to do, you need to scrap all that. And if you want this job, this is what this is the direction we're going to. And he basically was either either shit or get off the pot. Is what, well, is what DC told him. A lot him. of the art in this is <laughs> very rough. I mean, it's not Brian Hitch's. I'm gonna from a, a fan, it's not his best work. No, well, of course not. Like, it, I it's, think it's it's so. People were asking about it on Monday, and there are pages where her face looks like she's melting. Yes. like he can draw her. But really not well. in this. Well, I think he was again. I think he was just. I think he was just doing it by the numbers. He was like, "We need a generic, generic monster." Oh my god, the generic monster this was the, horrible. This is well, actually, I kind of like the. I kind of like the picture of the monster being on top of all the city. Visually, it was cool, but yeah. how generic. And then uh, we get the addition of the new. I love it, Wonder Twins. Yeah. Um, of Simon Boz and Jessica just Cruz, the new Green Lanterns, and you know the rookies are helping out and doing their thing. And well, this, that's what I mean. This one seems to be a bit more. Uh, encompassing of the of the continuity that has been set with Rebirth. Right. I mean, that's 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 what I liked about it. I liked seeing them all together. Well, that I and it's team that, team exactly. forming, and that's what we miss. Yeah, and and, I, and of course it's sad that it had to be over this this backdrop, especially when the first the first Justice League, you know, was about Darkseid, and that really set the tone. And Jeff Johns. I'm so glad that. this one wasn't about Darkseid. Great, I'm glad. But again, this 
I mean, and they, they scared that giant bug off, and they're like, this is <laughs> this is not the end. This would have... Oh, and then Aquaman talking to the bug. Like, what was that about? Like, why could Aquaman talk to the bug? Uh, Aquaman also talked to... Was it the Green... Who did he talk to? I don't know who talked oh, to no, the that bug. was in his book, where he talked to someone in their mind, and I thought, what the hell's going on? Well, he does, he does have a limited telepathy. Telep- yeah. So what do you think of that group shot? I thought it was great. Like, here's the thing. I just wish... I just wish... Drink. I just wish that they were able. He was able. Uh, um, Hitch was able to have more time with this and make it look like his own. It really takes some ownership. It really felt like this was by the numbers in order to introduce the team because we get a whole bunch of team shots of them working together. Like this is the team. This is this is the Justice League that you're going to be fighting. I do like the team running towards it. Like these the, these kind of pages are actually what I miss in comic books, especially a book called The Justice League. Where they're supposed to be working together, and then I mean, there's tons of splash pages of them working together. Tons of them, tons of splash pages of them saying "fuck you," we're gonna do what we're gonna do. Um, they really need to. Although one thing is, the colorist needs to realize that Wonder Woman is silver, not gold. Yeah. But again, it's it's terrible. But I really like the gold. I do not like the silver in her costume. Like I thought it was. It's just. It just seems cheap. Like I don't like it. I don't like it. But anyway. Um, I'll be picking up the next one. I wonder what's going to happen. I, you mean the new number one? You're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me. Um, but it's only two ninety nine, so I can't be mad at that. Nope. So. so the next two books we're going to review, we're going to kind of review them together because it's the Battle of the Bounty Hunters. I was just thinking the same thing when you said that. So we have we have the Battle of the Bounty Hunters. We have Kim and Kim, which is is I loved this book. It's an indie. It's an indie. It's from Black Mask Studios. The writer is Mags. Visaggio, pencils and inks by Eva Cabrera, colors Claudia Aguirre, letters Zach Sam, edits Katie Rex. Bounty is from Dark Horse, and... The script was by uh, Curtis Weeb. Who writes Rat Queens. Yeah, art by Mindy Lee, colors by Leonardo Ore, so, um, Ore, sorry. And uh, cover colors and backup story colors by Andy uh, Cottenham. And letters by Nate Picos of Blam Bot. So Kim and Kim and Bounty both have two female leads. Leads. Yep. Um, and they're both bounty hunters. Uh, yes. They both focus on bounty hunters um, doing their bounty hunting type of stuff. And one is more outer space and one is more computer dimensional and computerized yeah yeah it's there i mean the basics are fairly the same they are bounty hunters that's 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 what's and they are female bounty hunters and And that's about it yeah well whereas bounty they're sisters um and and kim and kim they're they're friends they're just friends and um i don't know um first let's talk about the story if we're going to compare and contrast let's talk about the story um, I was, I liked the story of Kim and Kim just a little, t- a little bit better. Um, whereas Bounty, they sort of came off like superheroes, superhero bounty hunters. Yes. Um, and you could tell, okay, so if you've read, uh, Weep's other work, uh, from Image, it seemed like in this one, he was uh restraint a little too much because in in rat queens he's able to curse a little bit more violence a little bit more 
it's a little bit more free. Whereas he <laughs> and Kim and Kim, they totally swear. <laughs> and then and then in Dark Horse, because and this is Dark Horse is not Image, so he, he he took Bounty to to Dark Horse, and Dark Horse is a bit more like uh, reserved PG, yeah, you know PG. So so he can't swear in it, and it's a testament because the story was while interesting, was just lacking something. The umph. It it was just lacking a bit of umph. Whereas for me, Kim and Kim. It it had that umph and it was in their and and they're just just the the story itself was a bit more fan fantastical and dimensional travel and the boy with the with the tentacles with the arms just it, it just seemed a little bit more interesting to me. That's the only that's the only critique. I mean, they were both strong stories and strong number ones. It was just that Kim and Kim just seemed as a little bit. It, it just it just held my attention just a little bit more. Well, not only that, Kim and Kim, I think, really went into the lives, the personal lives. We're actually we're understanding who these characters are. Um, the writer doesn't hold anything back with the characters. Where in Bounty, like we know they're sisters and we know that they love each other, and based one has a husband, but like you don't. I think Bounty was more about the story of, you know, getting out there, where Kim and Kim was both... Kim and Kim actually had everything, the check boxes. So, like, you, it was personal. You got a little bit of personal background. Mm-hmm. Um, you I'm got sorry. the rivalry. You got a rivalry between two gangs. You mm-hmm. find out... Not gangs, I'm sorry. Bounty hunting clans. I don't, even, yeah. I don't remember what, they, what she called them. Well, there's rival bounty hunters. Um, you also got laughter... And any any time a truck or something transforms like mask, I'm there. Yeah, because their I van. You, I knew you'd love that. Oh my god, their van, like, like a mask vehicle from the, the old mask cartoons. It has the wheels turn into the like hovering, and it's got wings. I loved it. I love that. Um, Again, don't get us wrong. We we enjoyed both stories. Well, it's just. I actually I enjoyed I, both stories. I actually. had to read Bounty twice. Well, but that but because reading about, Bounty the first time, I was like, "The hell's going okay, on?" Okay, the thing about Bounty though that that made me a little see, and, and now we're gonna go into the artwork. I think the, I think the thing that but that was the thing that kind of made it a little bit bad for me is in some instances Bounty's artwork is really really good. In it some shows, panels, it shows the kinetic the the kinetic nature of, of of the characters and them and them being these kind of larger than life bounty hunters i liked it but overall i just something about the artwork just didn't it just didn't some of the page layouts were kind of and i think iffy that, as and well I think that's what led to its um its confusion mm-hmm. sometimes was was you're, you're you're looking at the panel you're not really sure where you're supposed to go yep. um whereas and i think the art on kim and kim very traditional um, cartoon style. Like I could see like this a mix of anime, but yet they understand the like human a, form. Yeah, it's like a Cartoon Network sort of style. Like uh-huh. I could see this. I could see Kim and Kim being a cartoon. I, I could, could too. see it. I could see it being episodic. I could see this on uh, Cartoon Network or Adult Swim because they curse. It's like that's the difference. This is a. It, it's a much cleaner style. Right. Um, I love. I. I I really enjoyed Kim and Kim's the laugh. I think for me, the comedic points in this were a little bit more funny than that. But yet, I think, the, I think the weight of this story, and I don't want to ruin it, but you find out something about one of the characters, a very personal thing about one of the characters. And 
I think the weight of that made me more interested in this because really the only thing I can tell you about Bounty is one of them has a husband and the sister, the other sister, I guess, doesn't like him and they keep changing his name. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't know anything else about these characters Mm -hmm. where here I really enjoyed uh, when they were sitting there talking, when both Kims were sitting there talking on top and they were talking about this, the, the other boy, there's a, there's a guy in it. Um, and it, it, it's a lot if you're if you're looking for a book with a strong LGBT um, storyline, this would be the one for you as yeah. well. And I don't want to say more than that because I really want I really want you to come buy this book. Kim yeah. and Kim to me is one that I think you should really buy. I, I would agree. Um, one thing though is is maybe it's just the the the, the publisher or the or the printing is, is one of the things. So and maybe it's just because it is a it is a independent publisher, and they went. To, there's some of the some of the pages are a bit or the the binding of the pages is, is a bit off. But maybe that's just because it's from a it's from a um a smaller publisher. A smaller publisher. But other than that, you know what I also liked the colors. The colors in Kim and Kim were were vibrant. Where the colors. The the color scheme in, in Bounty, it, it it was much more muted. Yeah, it was much more muted. Um, yeah. and I think that's that's what it was. That's kind of like if you're gonna have this all this action, it should have been a little bit more. That's just the whole thing about it seems to be they're trying to go for a really a, a specific style. But is it a superhero bounty book? Like you said, I don't I'm, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It was just weird. You know what it reminded me of? Remember when? Um, who was it? Was Nightwing and Flamebird? Yeah, and yeah. it was you. You had no clue what was going on no, in, the, in that agree. Superman book. I agree. So we're time is running out. We just want to get to one more book. One last book, and that uh, is the Doctor Strange prequel. And it's a prelude to the movie, which comes out. It's going to be two issues, and both is Des weird, and I were like, which is weird though, because like the the Captain America one got the Captain America one got got only one the civil war but why is this one getting two is it because you think that they're i think they couldn't (laughs) tell the story in one issue or they're trying to say well i have no idea what's going on okay so writer was will corona pilgrim artist is he's killing me uh george uh fornez and the colors was jesus abrazo and the letters was by VC's Travis Lanham. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so the book basically is Doctor Some... Strange is not in it. Nope. It's setting up in the movie universe. There is the Sorcerers Supremes. Well, yeah, they're well, they're masters. Of, they're, they're all masters of the mystic arts. So they're all these various masters, and Wong is one of them. They're the masters of the mystic arts, and yeah. Wong, and then is the head of one of, is the head of he's it? one of the four. Yeah, and then like uh, Brother Voodoo's. Brother. That's one of the most interesting things. And then some woman steals a staff that's supposed to channel her power because she's trying to do something. Do you with think it. that that is one of the gems, or you just think that's a throwaway? It's just a throwaway. I think I think none of this is going to. I don't think the prequel is going to at all adhere to what's going on. I really don't. If you are a fan of Doctor Strange and you are interested in the movie, I would say pick it up. Pick it up. You know, you you're going to get a little backstory as to what's going on. The ancient one is supposed to show up in the next issue. They are. I'm not sure if it's going to be a boy That's or why girl. I said they. <laughs> so, but it'll be interesting to see what's what what Marvel Comics is thinking what they're going to do with the movie. Correct. 
And as always, a special thank you to our sponsors, because without them, we really wouldn't have a show. So I want to give a special thanks to Club Card Printing. They're the ones that help us do all of the fantastical prints that you see in our palm cards. And if we ever do posters, we're going to get them done there. So if you're in the San Francisco area or if you have a computer, check out clubcardprinting.com. We also want to thank Gene Gilmet. He does all the amazing artwork for the show. You can check him out at rltpress.com. Yes, Gene, I, I, and I don't take it personally that Rich is always trying to kill me. So, <laughs> Also want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller. She is the mistress of the mix board and makes all those lovely sounds that you hear uh, during the Geek Chat. Also want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street in San Francisco, located between 18th and 19th. Check us out online at whateverstoreonline.com and on Facebook under Whatever Store. Other than that, that, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 We create our own realities and words. That's disgusted. Hello. That's disgusted. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat.